Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither not moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. So you can see that even Jesus knows that this world is full of thieves, you know. And I'm not talking about, you know, shoplifters. I'm talking about people who steal nations, okay. I'm talking about people who steal billions and trillions, okay. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, another translation says, actually, if your eye be evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, let me just mention something to you. To a lot of people in the West, this doesn't really mean a whole lot, but I come from the Middle East. I know what an evil eye is. Anybody know what an evil eye is? Anybody ever seen the little concentric circles, the blue, the, the white evil eye? You come to Turkey, you know, you've been the, you know, you see it everywhere. In the Middle East, you see it everywhere. It, it is, it's, it's an idol. It's something that people, when they build a, a new building, they put it on it. When they buy a new car, they put it on it. When babies are born, they put these little evil eyes, they pin them on the babies. And the idea is that, see, an evil eye is a covetous eye. Evil eye is an eye that looks with greed, okay? And they think that using that little evil eye idol, that little talisman, will ward off the evil eye that will protect you from covetous eyes. So evil eye means covetousness, an eye that looks with covetousness. An eye that looks with greed is what an evil eye is. And that's what Jesus is talking about because that thing has been around all the way back, going back to really actually it goes all the way back to the Egyptians. As when Israel left Egypt, you know, that evil eye was a part of the Egyptian pagan religion. So an evil eye is something you see, it's steeped in the culture. We even went to Greece. Remember, honey? We went to Greece. We were in Thessalonica, we were preaching there, and we went to a Greek restaurant. The pastor took us to a Greek restaurant, and I walked into the Greek restaurant. There's a cross, because they're Orthodox, you know, and then there's a big evil eye. And I thought, oh, you come to Turkey, you'll find the Islamic crescent and an evil eye. Here you come. So it's in that spiritual blindness of the whole, uh, you know, paganism and superstition, you find that evil eye. It's like ingrained into the culture, you know. So... Um, the evil eye represents a greedy, covetous look. So that's what Jesus is referring to here. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, good, generous, benevolent, loving, kind, your whole body will be full of light. Right? Because your eye is like the window into the soul, the eye gate and the ear gate we talk about. Don't give access to the devil through the eye gate or the ear gate. The things you hear and the things that you see or how you look at things. But what is an evil eye? But if your eye is evil, your whole body will be full of darkness. That means if greed causes all kinds of wickedness. See, the love of money, the lust for power and money and greed causes all the darkness and wickedness that we see in the world. 
When people have greedy, covetous eyes, their whole body is full of darkness. Everything. Their hearts are darkened. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So for a Christian, for a believer, as Jesus warns us, not to have a greedy or a covetous evil eye, but to have an eye that's good. You got to see everything that's good. You got to see the good. And right now, you know, one of the things that Jesus warns about the last days, because of the tribulation and the trouble of last days, the love of many will grow cold, right? Many will fall from the faith. They will just get into fear. They will, they will, they will, their hearts will be hardened, right? Because of the things that we see. So take your eyes off of the circumstances. Shut your ears. Shut your eyes to what's going on in the world and keep your heart, let your heart be flooded with light from the word of God. Let the Holy Spirit enlighten your heart. As Paul prayed for the Ephesian church, right? I pray that the eyes of your heart will be flooded with light. Because see, you have eyes in here. You have, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Jesus was not talking about these ears. He was talking about these ears. They're hearing, hearing, but never understanding. They're seeing and seeing, but never understanding, right? So we have eyes in our spirit. You cannot be led by your natural sight, natural hearing. That's sense knowledge. You have to be led by the word of God. You have to be led by revelation. Those who are led by information in these last days, they're not going to make it. Only those who are led by revelation, they will overcome. That was the word the Lord spoke to me in 2010. And he said, I want you to prepare my people for the last days. So even as a pastor, as a revivalist, as a preacher, whatever, an, an, an important element of my ministry, because I am ministering in these times. This is the time I've been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. You have been brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. These are the times that we're living in. And we have to speak into these times. We have to bring the word of God to become relevant to the times. People talking about being relevant, but they're so irrelevant. Because it's almost like they still live in la-la land. You know, these preachers, they just post a, a scripture every day that has nothing to do with anything. But I'm going to speak into the situation because my job as a pastor is to lead you and to guide you in the midst. And we are passing through the valley of the shadow of death. If I am truly a good shepherd, then I have to, I have, to have my rod and my staff to have the heart of the shepherd to comfort you. You see, because we are going through perilous times. Paul said in the last days there'll be perilous times. People will be seduced by evil spirits and they'll be heeding, listening, or really in their hearts to doctrines of devils. So there's a lot of doctrines of devils out there. And the false prophets speak. And the false prophets are not just the ones in the pulpit. The false prophets are speaking 24-7 on media. They're speaking from the pulpits of Political pulpits, they're speaking everywhere, and people don't know what's going on because they don't have revelation. And what happens is they see darkness, and then fear and worry and anxiety just grips them on the inside, and they feel confused, they feel lost. Do you understand me? But if your eye is good, say, my eye is good. I have ears to hear. I have eyes to see. I have a heart to understand. 
what the Spirit of God is revealing to me. For God loves me, and he speaks to me. He leads me. He guides me. Hallelujah. So we have no reason to fear. We're not motivated by fear. We're motivated by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. We, we know God's word. We believe God's word. That there's supernatural provision for God's people. There's supernatural protection for God's people. Hallelujah. These are the days of the supernatural. These are the days of the supernatural, I told you. These are the days of the end time church rising up. The glorious, victorious, mighty church that is rising up. Not the fearful church. Not the church that is compromised. But the church that, that stands on the uncompromised word of God. We stand on the uncompromised word of God. We will not compromise God's word. And all of these things are designed to get us into a position of compromise. We will not compromise God's word. What's the worst they can do? Fear not those who can kill the body. Fear the one who can cast spirit and soul into hell. I fear God. We fear God. We fear no man. I don't fear circumstances. I don't fear any man. I fear God. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. And if you begin to fear circumstances, if you begin to fear what's going on in the world, if you begin to fear people, if you begin to fear things, if you begin to fear a virus, if you begin to fear a war, if you begin to fear these things, then what will happen is fear will grip your heart. You'll be flooded with darkness. You will not be able to see clearly the plan and the purpose of God for your life. But God has a great vision. God has a great plan and purpose for your life. He says, I know the plans that I have for you. They are plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Somebody said, can that be in the midst of everything? Yes, Daniel was thrown into the lion's den and he slept in peace. Because an angel came and shut the mouth of lions. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they were thrown into the fiery furnace. They did not burn. There was not even a smell of smoke on them. For there was a man, the fourth man in the fire with them, one like the son of man. People have walked through even worse things than this in history. Be not dismayed. Be not troubled. Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, but my peace. So do not be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. For I am with you. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with us. The Lord is with his faithful church. And this is the time when God's going to begin to reward his faithful church. Because he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. We are going to be faithful to his word. We are going to be faithful to our calling. Time is short. Redeem the time. The days are evil. These will pass. These, these things shall pass. Heaven and earth shall pass. But his word will stand forever. So if you want to stand forever, then hold on to his word and not let go. Stay strong. Stay on the rock. Stay on the rock. Stand and, on, and stay on the rock. Hallelujah. Is this helping anybody here this morning? Now let's go to the next one here. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So 
Everyone say God. God. Everyone say mammon. mammon. There are two economies. There's God's economy and there's mammon's economy. Everything we're dealing with when it comes to the whole big pharma, everything we're dealing with when it comes to big tech, everything we're dealing with when it comes to big media, everything we're dealing with when it comes to the military industrial complex, everything we're dealing with about these forces, it's all, it's all the kingdom of mammon. It's the economy of mammon. It's man's kingdom. It's built on greed. It's built on covetousness. It's built on selfishness. But God's economy is different. We are, we are to detach ourselves from mammon's economy. And we are to attach ourselves to God's economy. God's economy never fails. In God's economy, somebody like Isaac can sow seed in the famine and reap in the same year 100-fold. In God's economy, Abraham can go into a place of famine and leave having prospered and having been blessed. In God's economy, you have five loaves and two fish, and you feed 5,000 families. In, in Mammon's economy, you, you say, we don't have 200 denarii. We can't get the job done. Send the people away. It's all perspective. It's all how you see things. God's economy that never fails. Mammon actually was the name of a Canaanite God that represented greed and covetousness. So again, mammon is based on greed and covetousness. Evil eye, covetous eye, greedy eye. That's what we deal with. They, they will sell to the highest bidder. And they'll get on television and look with a straight face and lie like a bunch of snakes through their teeth. They just, they'll just lie, right? They just smile and lie. People will believe him. But when you have discernment, when you have the Spirit of God on the inside of you that does not lead you to error, you need no man to teach you. And the Spirit of God will say, no, those are lying devils, seducing spirits, preaching doctrines of devils to, to usurp power and lie to people to put them in fear and control them, control their minds. And control their destinies. No man controls your destiny. Your destiny is in the hands of God. God has a divine destiny for your life. You stick with God's plan. You stick with God's plan. It's a higher plan. That plan's always going to raise you to a higher level. It's going to be challenging because you're going to have to walk by faith and you're going to have to overcome the world and the system of the world. Mammon's economy. You can already hear it on Friday. All the headlines. Because of the Russia and Ukraine, uh, there's inflation. Are you kidding me? <laughs> see, there's always, see, it's always a smoke screen. It's always, now they, can, now they can blame Russia invading Ukraine that gas prices will go to $7. Yeah. It's already hitting $6 in some places. Inflation at the highest in 40 years in the United States. Why? What is the... It's all by design. Nothing happens by accident. Nothing. Trust me, it is all by design. There are people that can control those things behind the scenes. Because it's mammon's economy. And it's under the power of greedy, wicked, evil men. 
But we are not a part of that economy. We rise up above that economy. They might try to take you by the cliff, but you'll walk right through them. They might throw you in the lion's den, but you'll sleep with peace. They might throw you into the fire furnace, but you will not burn. That's what I'm talking about. I know this is crazy that I'm saying this to Americans. But welcome to planet Earth. You've lived in a little American bubble now. Now the bubble's bursting, guys. Isn't it? I come from the Middle East. I come from times when we, you know, people call me and say, Pastor, I can't get to church because there was a car bombing. You just heard one of the hosts, a friend of mine, he, he was attacked and, attacked and stabbed by a neighbor, a Turkish pastor. That's, that's, that's how we live over there. They read my emails. They, I knew they were listening to my phone conversations because I could hear it beep, beep, beep. And then, and then it would kick on. I'd say, hey, on the, on the other side, the ones that you're listening to me, I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you too. <laughs> I think the first two years of my ministry, I did most of my preaching in police stations. You know you can really preach to anybody when you can preach to policemen that want to beat the heck out of you. That was good practice. So that's where I learned how to preach. So I didn't have to go get a class on the three points to a sermon. You better have the anointing. You go in that place, you better have the anointing because you're not coming out. <laughs> so get ready, guys. Get ready. Because it's time to rise up. As people of God, be bold, be strong, and we're not under mammon's economy. We're under God's economy. We serve God. We walk by faith. We're givers. We're worshipers. We trust the Lord for supernatural provision and increase, and this is still going to be. Yes, the word has not changed. It's still going to be a big year for you. It's still going to be a big year for you because God's not sitting on the throne going, oh, myself. What was I thinking when I told him it's going to be a big year? I didn't realize Russia was going to invade Ukraine and bring us to the, uh, bring us to the, uh, the world to the brink of World War III. What was I thinking? Oh, myself, myself, myself. I didn't see that one coming. Hallelujah. And as a matter of fact, let me tell you what he's doing. He sits on the throne and he laughs. And he says, why do the nations rage against my anointed son? Why is that anti-anointing, that anti-Christ spirit raging in the nations? And he sends them in derision. Because time has not come yet. He is still in control. These wicked, prideful men, they want to think, they like to think they're in control, but they are not. They're not in control. The times and the seasons are in the hands of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. 
I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.